Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. is revolting with steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 10 eating shit eating shit hey speaking of that <laughs> we're obligated to tell you that before we start this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes you might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up if you're sensitive about these things maybe this isn't the podcast for you read it kook Get out. Maybe we should have done the content warning before I yelled eating shit into the (laughs) mic. (laughs) Wouldn't be a bad idea. How's it going, man? It's been uh, it's been a few weeks since we've sat with one another. It's true. Uh, You had stuff and then I forgot that you had stuff and then I was all ready to do stuff and you weren't available to do stuff. But we're back and we have so many new things on the horizon to discuss. It's pretty neat. So this is the 10th. Tenth episode we're recording today. Tenth episode, that's right. Um, good, good for us. Yeah, I don't even know where it ends. Uh, it ends, you know, when it stops being fun, I guess. Oh yeah, kind of, kind of like life. I would like to, re- <laughs> I would like to read. Uh, we have one review that I'm aware of, um, <laughs> and it's the best. It's the best. I love it so much. I have it on like like front and center in my favorites and in my photos on my phone. Uh, this is from Lead Villain. A high achiever, a high achiever, no doubt, with a, with a name like that. <laughs> One star. <laughs> it's good. Oh man, he did. He really did the Lord's work here, like saving people from from our mediocrity. Uh, thank you, well, villain. Well, let's have it. Yeah, let's have it. Uh, unlistenable. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this this pod. This podcast is bad in three important ways. <laughs> the audio sounds terrible. They have nothing to say. And the editing is either poor to non-existent. And I would say it's poor. Uh, it's definitely not non-existent because I know somebody does some editing. Patrick does something in, in as far as that goes. Uh, and the audio does sound terrible. I will give them that because I am sitting in a room. Uh, robots audio sounds great because he's in a closet and I, I, I intend to put lead villain 78. I intend to put myself in a closet or a corner soon. I might get one of those mobile changing tents and put drape blankets over it so that the audio will sound better on my end eventually. Um, it's true. We don't really have anything to say. Um, <laughs> I have a lot to say. I, I mean, fuck that guy. The, no, <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of words that happen, but right. nothing really comes out of it. So it's really, I mean, it's like really pretty on point. I think a one star was unfair, <laughs> but all the rest of it. I thought, oh my God, we got true. a star. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible to give less than a star? Yeah. Like no stars? Like maybe he has to give us. Yeah, obviously he has to give a star just to be able to write words about us <laughs> what I, it was what, just is just the best there's I subtext really. there though because we're bad in three important ways 
Mm-hmm. Which means that there's there are likely unimportant ways in which we are also bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just you know I mean what that came out after we'd had four I think four episodes published. Yeah, and uh, you know I agree. Like like you know it's like we've said multiple times this is a work in progress. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This is all brand new uncharted <clears throat> territory for me. Uh, you have far more experience with this. So if anything, this, it, this, the, the badness of this, uh, podcast is all on you. This is like an orangutan leading a chimpanzee through a corn maze. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I have a lot more experience. I don't, yeah, this is so good. I think right after the, the content warning, I'm going to read lead villain 78's review. Just to let every time, every time, just give them credit. Man. It's Throw its, it its own there. kind of content warning, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> warning. Yeah, this yeah. sucks. It's true. There are two <laughs> content warnings, one from us and one from the one review we've had. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, I mean, at least somebody was paying attention to at least one episode. I like also that um, <clears throat> you read it and you addressed him. We assume it's a him. I assume it's a him. Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, it's entirely possible that it's a, her, but I think that um, I think hymns are far more prone to to uh, expounding their knowledge of everything on the internet. It's true as as we are here. Yeah. Today. Yeah, that's right. But I like that you addressed lead villain as if lead villain is coming back for more. <laughs> as if lead villain was like, man, that sucked. But I hate myself. So I bet, I bet they might. I mean, it's like you know, you put your tongue on a, on a battery when you put your tongue on a battery. Yeah, you're like, ooh, zowie, man, that really like kind of curled my hair a little bit. And then you're like, oh well, let's see what happens the second time I put my tongue on the battery. Right. And you keep doing. It. I mean, as a kid, and it, I mean, and also as an adult. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It's that me. like, what is that terrible smell on my hand? <laughs> <laughs> And why can't oh. I stop smelling it? I hope, I mean, I hope, I hope we can develop some relationship with, with Leadville and 78, maybe have them on an episode. Sure. Because I am all for constructive criticism, you know, like that was maybe the one thing I got out of four and a half years of art school is, is constructive, like the value of constructive criticism. Sure. And, 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 and so, you know, yes, I agree. It, the audio, my audio, I'm working on it. You know, by episode 20, I'm probably going to have this shit on lock. Uh, you know, but tell, like if I'm, I'm, I'm cool. You want to tell us what, what we can do to make it better or not, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's get three let's get important ways. All right. Let's, yeah. Okay. So this episode is uh, called eating shit. And the basic premise is this, the modern convenience store. That's what we're going to talk about today. The modern convenience store is the apex of the processed food pyramid. Okay. It's, the, it, it is, the, it's, this is sort of ironic because it's, the, for me, it's the oasis in the desert, right? That saves cyclists from themselves, right? It's also kind of a trashy clubhouse for kids who want to eat delicious crap uh, or, you know, f- fuck around and get in trouble. But Learn about their own independence. Right. That's ironic yeah. because in f- actual food deserts, convenience stores are typically the only place to buy food. <laughs> so right. that's, and, we, we uh, should say that. If you, you know, if you did, you start to discuss like um, low income neighborhoods, there was a really interesting television show with 
I think it was a, a street chef named Roy Choi, and it's entirely possible that I've gotten every part of his name wrong. But he talks to this woman who does sort of this food recycling program in uh, uh, East L.A. No, no. Yes. Go with East, it. I think it was You've gotten East everything LA. else wrong so okay. far. Just roll with it. <laughs> And, and, uh, she said in that entire neighborhood, like all of those blocks, however many, a thousand city blocks or something, there was three grocery stores. So in terms of like, yes, there's, there's food deserts and then there's food deserts and there's, there's, there's a socioeconomic component to this, which is definitely worthy of addressing, but uh, you know, I don't have the, the, the knowledge or the understanding to, to do it. So, you know, in terms of what we're talking about here, we're talking about where you're just running on fumes, you're on a ride, you've been out for hours and you come across an AMPM or a 7-Eleven or something or in- anything. And you know that you're going to be able to find something that's, you know, beyond licking the flip bar wrapper in your jersey pocket or whatever. Right. Right. I mean, I think that's the angle at which uh, the convenience store is germane to uh, a cycling slash anti-cycling podcast. Yeah. Um, and also use the, the word germane. And I feel compelled to say the Germans ain't gotten the goddamn <laughs> Germans ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Sorry. I blew that one. I'm I'm yes, I'm what gets me excited about convenience stores is the the like wanton the like sexy abundance of garbage food that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I I have the overwhelmed <clears throat> by choice feeling in most convenience stores these days. <laughs> when I was a kid it's- You'd it's go to the grocery excess. store and there'd be like, there'd be like a tiny little section of candy bar, you know, like the can, you know, it was only at the checkout aisle. There were, uh-huh. um, those were the candy bars, but you go in a, a convenience store now and there's like a whole wall yeah. of candy and a whole aisle of chips yeah. and the coolers are like wrap around and they've yeah. got like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I wondered, I talked to someone about alcohol uh, distribution, like the alcohol distribution wars, like some, like if you work for Budweiser, you, you, you play fucking tricks and you spray hairspray on the competing brands section so it collects dust more so it looks shitty to a <laughs> consumer, you know, and then some like some big brands will like buy a whole section so you're just going to have whatever Frito-Lay products or you're just going to have InBev products or whatever. So there's like, there's actual competition for, for visibility in, in convenience stores from the brands who were sold there. It's not like the, 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 the person who runs the store just places orders with the distributor, but it's like this whole, right. There's this whole network that's taking place that I had, I had no idea that existed. Well, I know that's true in grocery stores. I can only assume that it's as true or more so in convenience stores. Yeah. I also like that I don't, I don't, I guess I don't think about that too much. Like sometimes you can tell, oh, this is like a Frito-Lay, like they get all their stuff from Frito-Lay. So that's what these chips are. 
Yeah, but they're all conglomerates. So one company owns, right. you know, if you're, you're, you're super socially conscious and you say like, no, I just support the independent chip company. <laughs> when it, <laughs> it turns out the independent chip, chip company is owned by the same company that owns all of the chip companies. <laughs> they purchased that brand in order to have an independent chip. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with record labels, right. you know, like it's like the major miners or whatever. Right. You think, you think what's the like kettle chips, you know, I think kettle chips is independently owned maybe and they're in Boulder or something, or maybe that's a different company altogether. I don't know. I usually I opt for a kettle about... chip style chip if it's same. available. Yeah, same. Uh, we're talking about like ethos as in, in regard to snack foods. We are. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, when we talked about this, when I brought up this topic previously, you seemed pretty like, what? Why would we talk about that? And I well, just, so I want to. It's a brave new world today. I'm well. The thing is, I'm super excited. I've always been super excited about convenience stores. I, you know, I grew up like in convenience stores. I grew up because they, you remember, in the '80s, they all had like a video game or two in the corner. Tron, Tron, and Tempest, and they were all had like cigarette burns all over them. Yeah, the big kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until you were the big kid. And you, <clears throat> did you smoke? Mm-mm. You never no, smoked. Never, <clears throat> never could. I didn't. I could never figure it out. Never figured out the, <laughs> the science. It's hard. Like it hurt to inhale the smoke. And why the fuck does anybody do this? Oh, that's a very rational response to a terrible thing that I was horribly addicted to. But that I was da- another I dabbled. Thing. You I dabbled. dabbled with the chewing tobacco because that was kind of a that was a thing in, you know, Colorado. Yeah. I used to know a kid who actually like he's a big, big kid and he would chew all the time. Like all like it was incredible when he was awake. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would see I would catch him out of the corner of my eye, I'd be sitting in the back of the class, like a big kid. <laughs> like really big for, you know, whatever, <laughs> seventh grade. And he would spit into his shirt. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That's a, not a fact. Yeah. I object. He'd either spit into his shirt pocket or he'd spit into his shirt just down his belly. Like what? Insane. Yeah. And that was just always a goddamn that was kind of the animal? Thing. What? Yeah. That was the kind of thing I was like, dude, keep a spitter in your bag or something like. So I, a, I chewed that tobacco. That steered me clear of. Yeah. Steered me clear of it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I chewed tobacco <clears throat> for a while when I was in college to try to quit smoking because I was like, well, chewing tobacco <laughs> is disgusting and I won't want to do that, but it'll get me over the nicotine thing. So I started uh, chewing tobacco and I would have like um, like a bottle or whatever. Yeah. And my roommate at the time was like, that's disgusting. You're disgusting. I hate you. <laughs> Don't do that. And so I took a full bottle of the stuff and I put the cap on at the end and I put it in the freezer. <laughs> Jesus, man. And then I put it under his pillow. We're really letting some closet, some skeletons out of the closet today, aren't we? Yeah. I should say, Quan, wherever you are, I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) I thought that was funny at the time. I can see now it was deeply. That's disturbed. (laughs) You're that roommate that he's he's somewhere talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this one guy did this this one time. Yeah. This sociopath I lived with. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, convenience stores, uh, an oasis in a food desert and sort of the epicenter of youthful hijinks. And you did mention, 
your brother walking out of one <laughs> at one point and like a super tough guy said, hey, you want to fight? Well, this what's, was a, so what's the story there? This was in Alabama. So, yeah, we, this was in Alabama. We, uh, my brother came home one day. My brother's bit was bigger than me. Uh, he's dead now. Um, mm. I miss him. That's Rest worth saying. Uh, but he was bigger than me. Uh, we had different dads, uh, but like, you know, we grew up together hundred percent brothers, but he, so he was bigger than me and he lifted weights. He was, he was like a seventies, um, stoner weightlifter kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think every town had like a couple of those. At yeah. Least. It's a genre I don't really understand, like, even though <laughs> I grew up next to it. They don't really exist anymore either. That's a fucking thing. Like scary, like, like monster Heshers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but so, <clears throat> so yeah, he was that kid, but he wasn't like, he was not belligerent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was coming out of a, a 7-Eleven one day in Alabama and this guy says, Hey boy, you look pretty big. You want to fight? And, and George was like, no, I'm good. I'm cool. And the guy was like, well, all right, maybe another time, huh? And it was like, he told the story so gleefully because there was no malice. The guy wasn't really, I mean, he was trying to pick, I, it, even to say I w- he was trying to pick a fight is wrong. He was just kind of, it was almost like he said, hey, you want to wrestle? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's all you have. I it's guess a, it's like a it's like a hobby. Yeah, there was a there was a guy. His name was Mark. I don't remember his last name and I haven't thought about this for years. But outside of the 7-Eleven in my hometown in Colorado, I watched this guy kick the absolute shit out of three dudes inside of their own car. No, it was <laughs> it was berserk. Yeah. And it was like they were fucking with him and he reached into the driver's side and pulled this dude and like smashed him up into the ceiling panel. Hit, hit, hit. Went around to the passenger side window. The guy's trying to get out, slams the door on him. Hit, hit, hit. Gets the guy in the back seat. Like I've never seen anything like it. It was absolute pandemonium. And I'm just, you know, I'm like 16 years old, like standing there with like my mouth open and holding a Slurpee or whatever and just watching this guy unleash all Wow. On these three dudes for whatever reason. Yeah. To go around the car. That is when it really got special for me in that story. Yeah. Like, okay, you're mad at the guy in the driver's seat, but then you didn't like the other guys didn't get out. (laughs) He went around the car. But he fucked the guy up in the driver's on the driver's side so quickly. And the guy in the passenger seat's like, all right, well, let's do this. And he like, I don't know. He like zipped around and he was a huge guy, but super fast. Yeah, it was. And uh, and it was the same thing. Like the guy was yoked. He was like, yeah, I don't know what his hair, his face looked like because his hair was in his eyes or whatever. Yeah. And he just destroyed <laughs> these three dudes. He's like, he is the fucking toughest guy in all of Evergreen. <laughs> I guess you know? so. And, uh, you know, like he maybe was like a senior for for like until he was 21 or something. And he finally just dropped out. Like it was one of those kind of characters. I feel like it's a Harmony Corrine <clears throat> movie and um, Nervous Breakdown is playing during that scene. Well, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, I mean, that 7-Eleven, that was when it opened. It was kind of a big deal because it was sort of the first franchise in, in Evergreen, Colorado. I think it's like a Thai food restaurant or something now. Um, but uh, it, the first place I ever shoplifted 
Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I stole a chocolate football when I was like nine years old. You say the first place I ever shoplifted as if you had a shoplifting career. No, no, not really. I mean, I've stolen stuff here and there. It wasn't like a regular thing. I, I had a friend who was really good at it. And so I'd always like, he always go into the drugstore and come out with all kinds of toys and stuff. And I'd be like, fuck, dude, <laughs> you go steal me some shit. I can't do that. I and mean, they, you know, he teach me how to like take a cheaper price tag and put it on the thing. Were you Oliver Twist and his <laughs> artful Dodger? <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, maybe I saw a number of these people, the ones who are still alive at my 30th high school reunion, and they all had new teeth Oh, because they lost all their old ones. Oh, the meth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, when I, t when I say it, when I tell people I'm from Evergreen, Colorado, they say like, oh, like one guy was like, oh, so you, you probably have money or something. I was like, no, you, you have not been no. to Evergreen. <laughs> no, sir. Well, nowadays it's a totally different, oh, yeah. it's a totally different thing. But back then it's, you know, it was pretty, it's pretty affluent now. And they, I mean, it had pockets of affluence then, but there was definitely like kind of the working class and undercurrent, you know, mm. uh, but there were some fucking bad kids and bored small town just like looking yeah. to if there was nobody else to fight they'd fight each other like there was a pretty fair amount of violence that i saw growing up right <clears throat> anyway it's a lovely place great mountain bike riding <laughs> i believe you i feel i feel sort of bad already in this episode like this happens <laughs> i feel sort of bad because um we just we just told some violent stories and laughed a lot well it's if you can't if you're not laughing, you're crying. I guess you know? that's right. It is. It is. Right. A, I mean, I remember being that age and I wasn't a big kid. And I remember that being sort of a horror show, like living in constant fear. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've talked about this in past episodes, like the, the, the fucking Nazis in Denver were relentless in the 80s. And I saw a lot of really terrible stuff go down. And, you know, I did my fair share of running away from. Yeah. Fights. I'm all about running away from fights or getting that first lick in and then just fucking hauling ass. Like, I'm not here to be a hero. I'm not here to, like, you know, go back to knock somebody out and go back to my drink. Like, I want to avoid it at all costs. I hate getting punched. I hate it. I hate it. I shouldn't I hate laugh my nose. because there's a good reason to hate being punched. It sucks, man. It sucks. I've had my nose broken a bunch of times. In some, in most instances, it was accidental, but it's just like, oh, here we go again, you know? Yeah. I haven't breathed right since I was 20, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, fighting sucks. It And just violence in general sucks. But some of the, you know, seeing that dude beat those dudes up in the, in the car was... It's like something you don't see every day. Yeah. Well, that reminds me actually of another really intense convenience store experience. My buddy Mark and I were playing Atari. Like this was in college. So Atari was already like past it. So, so I don't know where this thing came from, but we were, it was like the middle of summer and we were bored and we were playing Atari and Mark was like, Hey, let's go get something to drink. So we walked around this, the corner this convenience store was called Store 24 uh, because it was theoretically open 24 hours a day, but that's that was not factual. But I just mentioned that because I love the names of convenience stores, like the KWIK 
quick mark. Like, I love all that stuff, but come come and go. Yeah. (laughs) So we walk around the corner to the store and we see like this red puddle on the ground and you look at it and like your first thought is that looks like a puddle of blood. And your second thought is there's no way that's a puddle of blood. And you, we, so we keep walking and the, the like puddle sort of continues all the way to the convenience store where there's a guy, um, basically spread full. I don't know. Spread. He looked like he'd been crucified laying on the pavement in front of the store and the cops are there and they've got paper towels on his wrists and they are casually chatting while they stand two cops, each with a foot on the paper towel on the dude's wrist. Huh. So Mark and I are like, what? But like, you can't, there's not, this isn't really a scenario where like, excuse me, officer, what is the right. state of this, this young man? So we we just walk in the convenience store because we don't know what else to do. And we walk in there and everyone in the convenience store is dead quiet, dead quiet. And we, <clears throat> we walk over to the cooler to look at the drinks because I think because we don't have any idea what else to do. <laughs> and he he opens one thing and I open another and he looks at me through the glass of the thing he's opened and he just shits himself laughing. <laughs> and he we talked about it later he's like i felt terrible but the tension i couldn't do anything like i just my brain melted and i started laughing so we we get these drinks we pay for them i don't even remember what the cashier the cashier looked like a ghost Uh um because i don't know whether they witnessed this thing or what so we walk out and the cops are so casual. We're like, is that we didn't say this, but we're like afterwards, we were like, was that guy dead? Were they casual because the dude was dead or were they casual because he was fine? But yeah, it's wild. Your brain, you know, a person's brain responds to stress in, in a, a lot of really curious ways. You know, either you start hysterically crying or <clears throat> I tend to make really uh, like off color jokes. You know, as much mm. time as I've spent in the emergency room, I'm constantly like, yeah, same. Like, hey, chuka chuka, and <laughs> asking the the, uh, the attending physicians, like, tell me some funny stories. Like, who, who comes in here with stuff up their butt? <laughs> it's 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 constant. So, yeah, no, laughing in face in the face of something like that, or in light of something like that, totally resonates with me. I remember uh, we, specifically. This was twenty something years ago. I got an orangina. And he got a uh, lemon snapple. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Made an impression on it you. It did. It was that kind of intense moment. And we never know. We never learned no. what came of this guy or what the situation was. No. And oh. I, I don't even remember because we live like right around the corner. I don't remember whether they cleaned the pod- puddles of blood like someone came along and dealt with that or not. Or rain just wash it away. Maybe. <clears throat> well, I hope I hope he's I hope he's great. I hope he's living a, a happy and and healthy yeah. and wealthy life somewhere. Yeah. And said my turning point was the, my bottom of the barrel was 
when my wrists got cut open and almost bled out in front of a 7-Eleven in Alabama. Well, this was in Boston. This was in Boston. Oh. Yeah. Well, excuse me. We should get Boston. back to the food aspect we, we of really this, should. though, because this has gone dark. Um, okay, so there's a couple of there's a couple of things that I'm thinking of. Um, well, can I can I can I share one more real quick anecdote <laughs> about a Seven Eleven in Denver? Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, there's a guy named Paul Dickerson, who's the brother of my friend Mark Dickerson, who was I brought him up in past episodes. He's a really good mountain bike rider, mm. and Dave Strunk, who I lived with, also who's also a very good mountain biker. He's the guy that came up with the Penta, the Pentabike graphic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's this character named Rody, who used to be a Rody for Deep Purple, I think. So they called him Rody. I don't remember what his actual name was, but he was kind of always down to do anything. He was a real funny character. But Paul sent a letter to like military supply company and said, hey, I'm, make, I'm a movie maker and I'm going make, to make a movie and I need some military grade smoke bombs or whatever. And they're like, okay, here you go. You know, and I'm sure it was more complex than this. But, um, so he gets one of these military grade smoke bombs. He's like, Hey, Rody, go drop that in a seven 11 garbage can, like inside and I'll buy you a chili dog. I think this is how the story went. And, uh, <clears throat> so he's like, okay. <clears throat> so sure enough, goes in, like puts a cigarette fuse or a timed fuse of some sort on the smoke bomb. And these are smoke bombs that are waterproof and, yeah. you know, helicopters can't blow them out. And, uh, so he goes in, Rody drops it in the garbage can. We're sitting across, you know, everybody's sitting across the street at a bus stop watching all of this go down. He drops it in the garbage can, pays for his chili dog, walks out and then just like waiting for the show to start. And pretty soon smoke, thick, thick smoke is billowing out of the garbage can and the clerks are freaking out and the fire department comes and cops come and you can't even see the lights inside through the glass inside of the 7-eleven the smoke is so thick and it's just pouring out of vents and you know uh and of course uh mark if i remember correctly mark like marches into or uh, day, uh paul rather marches into the middle of this fracas in all of this chaos. And he's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, it's, of course it's the person who's responsible for the thing that returns to the scene of the crime yeah, to be yeah, a part yeah. of it. Classic. Classic. It's, you know, things to do in Denver when you're dead. Right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, there's, there was, uh, when you brought this whole topic up today, I was thinking about a morning that I rode with Hurl Everstone out to quality bicycle parts in Bloomington, Minnesota, I think is where they're located. That sounds right. We, yep. we rode from Minneapolis out there and I had no idea how to get back. I remember riding for what felt like fucking forever. And this is before I had, you know, we had maps on our phones or we had phones at all. I was just sort of pointed back in the direction that I thought downtown was. And I'd been riding and riding and I was exhausted and I was out of gas. And I see downtown Minneapolis, like this tiny little speck <laughs> off in the horizon. I was like, fuck me. You know, this is, <laughs> it's so far away. And I was, I was cashed and I went into a convenience store and I think I bought a, like a beef and cheese stick combo. Oh yeah. That was all I had money for. And that seemed like the most nutritious thing. I Hobo could get. lunchables. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, you know, back to being an oasis in a, in a food or in the desert or a food oasis in the desert. Like it's, I think it probably saved me in the long term. I'm sure it'll probably give me like colon cancer or something. But yeah. at that moment I was desperate. I was desperate for any kind of, nourishment 
What's funny to me is if you go in one now, most of them have like the um they have protein bars and they have like I don't mean like cliff bars. They would have a cliff bar there. Yeah. They have um healthy options, but I find myself mostly dis- air quote healthy. Yeah, air quote healthy. I find myself really disappointed. I kind of feel like um like don't do that. That's not who you are. Just play your songs. Just play mm. Cool Ranch Doritos. We love that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just play Mountain Dew Slurpee. <laughs> any port in a storm, you need to get, I mean, you got to put something when you're really cracked. Yeah. And everybody knows the feeling of, of getting to a point where your tank's empty and putting anything in there is better than having nothing in there. So you kind of have to make some compromises to your usual routine. <clears throat> though anything that's created in a lab it could be argued is nothing is better than that you know yeah i guess so i guess so i just i just want the dirty to be that's actually when i worked at seven there was a convenience store around the corner that everyone called the dirty oh, i like that yeah so you'd go to the dirty anyone want anything from the dirty and i i think the dirty like they're all dirty they should just be dirty I love that about them. Like, don't try to be, don't try to, don't try to be, yeah, don't try to nourish me. Something that you're not. Yeah. Don't nourish me. Definitely don't. (laughs) Please. You think you're, you think your handmade tuna sandwich, tuna fish sandwiches are actually like a pinnacle, a beacon of health in this situation. No, they're not. They're gross. White bread and mayonnaise and American cheese. But you know, they cost 75 cents. So I'm going to bang a couple of those down. Yeah. Well, I think we, yeah, we again haven't we an hour in. How much do you want? How much further do you want to go in this? <laughs> Jesus, I want to. I want to shout out my buddy um, Fred uh, in. Well, he's not in Chicago. He's outside of Chicago, but he has his shop. They have a Friday tradition of locking up the door at the end of the the day and then they sprint it's like a mile but they like full out sprint to this convenience slash package store and they buy like fireball and whatever other beverage like they all just get whatever they're gonna get and then right right across the street is the train station for their town and they just sit there and and shoot the shit and drink for that's that's great. Is it a nightly thing or is it it's like every Thursday? It's just Fridays, I think. Friday. Did you say that? I think I said that. Yeah, 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 you did say that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I I I love I love stuff like that. Like and it seems like every t- every town, not maybe not every town, but you know, like Kansas City, everybody goes there's this place that serves like amazing bologna fried bologna sandwiches and everybody kind of fucking like you meet at this one bar and then everybody goes to the bolo- fried bologna place. <laughs> And then you go to this bridge that nobody really drives across. Like there's yeah. like, you know, regional sort of traditions, like, or you go to the, there's a big statue there and everybody goes there and drinks beer and looks at the city in the, in the, in, off in the distance. It's just like, I want to, I, I would like to, maybe we'd maybe may eventually do an episode on like regional, uh, traditions, you know, in terms of like sure. derelictism. Derelictism. <laughs> Writing and hanging out and causing good-hearted hijinks. That reminds me, my brother actually worked at a gas station. So there's a mobile where I grew up is on the Gulf of Mexico. 
and there's Mobile Bay. So the little tail of Alabama that sticks down to the Gulf has a bay in it, and that's Mobile Bay. And there's a bridge that goes across, but there's also a causeway. So if you're in a rush, you go over the bridge because it's the fastest way. But there's this causeway. So like if you want to fish or you want to do whatever, the causeway is where all sorts of nonsense happens. Like we used to go buy beer there when we were underage because it was beyond the uh, reach of the law. Theoretically, I don't know. But my brother worked at this gas station out there and it was one of these gas stations there were these women who worked there and they made muffalettas, which is like a, a sandwich, a weird sandwich with like olive spread on it. It's just, and it's ham. It's so delicious. It's a new Orleans thing. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Muffaletta. I didn't know it existed 30 seconds ago. Now it's all I want. You're welcome. Yeah. It's, you should want it. <laughs> you should want it. I'm I'm shocked. Um, that Applebee's doesn't make one now, but, uh, but he, he, he works at this terrible gas station and, um, but we would go out there all the time for the sandwiches and that's the, you know, that's the shit right there. That's what we're talking about. That's like the trash. And here, the other thing I wanted to say was that the comedian story is this really like for all of its low brownness, it's very democratic. Like if you, I don't like, if you are, if you're like a music industry millionaire or you're one of these people, like you want a bag of Doritos and you know where you have to go to get it. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of a great equalizer. Like we all, I mean, we all end up emaciated, starving in the middle of the night, you know, on a road trip or whatever, running out of gas or something. And you end up at this place and you're like, fuck, I, you know, some sour cream and onion, uh, uh, sunflower seeds. Yeah. Like that's not anything that's on my, it's on, not in my field of vision at any other time, but this just looks like the best thing for me right now. Yeah. I feel like it's just the epicenter of bad ideas. Like, you know, sometimes you just want to lean into a bad idea and like, Ooh. that's a good place to go. Like the first time I ate a pickled pig's foot. Oh yeah. Was okay. at that gas station on the causeway that my brother worked at. Mm. I was like, I, I don't know whether I was intoxicated at that point or not. I was probably, uh, seven, probably. 16 or 17. And I was like, oh, I, I want a yes. muffaletta. And they had this big jar of pickled pig's feet and like a big jar of pickled eggs on the counter. And I was like, and I'll have a pickled pig's foot, please. You know, I fuck. Why not? I guess the pinnacle of a, a bad decision. I mean, there's a lot of pinnacle. There's a lot of places that could be described as a pinnacle of bad decision. But sure, I sure, sure, sure. That, um, that is definitely, could be considered one. Don't you think those bad ideas cascade? Like you're at your house having a bad idea about, I don't know, maybe drink, making a beer drinking holiday where you make a wizard staff. <laughs> so you have that That's bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then that bad yeah. idea leads to other bad ideas, but they all kind of end at the convenience store. Like at the end of that chain of bad ideas, you're like, I, don't, I need taquitos. You know, yeah. like the, uh, the solution then, is always then, sought there. And then it's followed by like trying to make a whole bunch of good decisions to offset all of the bad decisions. Yeah. 
at least in in my experience. And there are like, oh, here's a phenomenon. I never learned about this or never heard about this anywhere except for in Seattle. But uh, hot case, like there's gas stations and you have like these big glass cases full of fried catfish or corn dogs or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, fucking fried potatoes or whatever. And you get, you know, you're been riding or you're drunk or both and you end up back at Sally's house with a whole spread of fried brown hot food. case. Yeah. You eat the hot yeah, case and it gives you a hot case. Oh, it's, it's so good when it, it's so good going down. It's not, that's the only point that it's good. And, and that, then that, like I said, then that's followed by a series of like trying attempted good decisions. I think there's a, there's a, the bad ones. an overlap in the Venn diagram between derelicts and serious cyclists, right? Because they both end up there seeking <laughs> a solution. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how yeah. many times have you gone to me? Like, I just, I just need a Gatorade to get me over this hump. And that's, this hump may be like the next 20 miles, or it might be like this vicious hangover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you're absolutely right. Did you just come up with that or have you kind of been thinking about no, that? No, I just, that was just the genius of me right now. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you have seen our peak. I just smashed my head <laughs> right. into the mic too. But... <laughs> right, but there's, oh. I mean, I think maybe that's the core, that's my core interest in this episode. Maybe that's where this all started. It wasn't me wanting to talk about cola being the best flavor of Slurpee. It was about yeah. me, like, seeing that that was the nexus of connection between, like, the overachieving cyclist or overreaching cyclist and the, like, mm-hmm. shambling derelict. Like, they both mm-hmm. end up across the counter from a dude with not enough teeth who sells them <laughs> a Gatorade and something fucking salty. And then... Yeah sends them on their way there yeah. you go you're fixed <laughs> off that's you it. go that's it that's it it's re- it's funny i've seen i've seen the most uh capable looking you know clean you know it's there's like the, the the like the quintessential road cyclist yeah you know they're they're tan they're hairless yep. they have this like this blue steel look in their eyes yeah uh you know the women always have the ponytail coming out through the top of the the, oh yeah, yeah. The, the thing in High the back of the helmet, retention, yeah, and the dudes are, and it's just like, I, like even at my at my best, I've never looked like a proper road cyclist. Yeah. I always just look like you know, it's like somebody's trying to look like a proper road cyclist. Anyway, you have those people, and then you're absolutely right. And I've I've been on both sides of it. Like I'm the guy in the tap shoes, just like walking all weird to come in and like trying not to fall down on the linoleum floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then I've also been the guy walking in with like one shoe and you know vomit on my pants like wow what a a weekend all i need is just something to get me through till later today right so you're fuck man that's good i didn't i wasn't sure how you were gonna bring this all together but look there sewed it up tight nicely done uh fuck what do we have all right is uh is is answers from a bottle is that still a thing yeah yeah, more okay. answers from a bottle from Stevel on the Cycling Independent, but you got to send him questions. Stevel. I think, um, yeah, Stevel at cyclingindependent.com if you have uh, any questions regarding 
see what have I what have I fielded this uh, like what to get someone for their for Mother's Day talked about old parties in Vegas we talked about uh, to try not triathlon days but it's basically like multiple multiple activities in a single day uh, uh, suspension versus rigid I don't know just whatever 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 things you're whatever things you're thinking about, I'll do my best to answer them. And I don't know if we can say like, can we talk about Cushionberry and his sure. new, yeah, yeah, his yeah. new venture. So one of the principles at, at cycling independent was Mike Cushionberry. He's a, he's a dear man. Um, and he was my editor at dirt rag magazine. Uh, but he has now parted ways with cycling independent. Yep. And he is, he's working, uh, as editor chief editor in chief. I don't know what his title is yep, at something Mountain like Flyer that. magazine. Mountain Flyer, so, yeah, yeah. Sad to see him go. Happy for, sure. for him as well. Um, he, yeah, he likes words exciting. on paper, and we love that he. We love words on paper. So, yeah. So I think he was kind of fielding a lot of the questions for me before, and I don't know. It'll either be robot or it'll be Patrick. But um, yeah, send those in if you have anything, and we will get them up on the site. Uh, what else? Fuck uh, it. If you have topics that you want us to tell. Um, pointless stories about on revolting. Just put that in the comments. Jesus Christ, do yourself a favor and probably keep those to yourself. Can you guys talk about thermodynamics? Yeah, we uh, can. We definitely can. We won't have any. No, we won't say anything. You know, reasonable or with with reasonable uh, uh, certainty, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, what intro outro music by Who Rides the Tiger? Bandini Mountain by Who Rides the Tiger? Uh, what else? Thank you, Robot, for your time and consideration on all of these matters. And you also. Thank you, Lead Villain 78, for really uh, propelling us to be even greater than we were before. Uh, it's inspiring to know that people are paying attention even loosely to what we're doing. So uh, we're, we'll continue to make this. I think, you know, we're getting better. The first, it's hard to listen to the first few episodes because we're still kind of figuring shit out. But uh, thanks, for, thanks to everybody for sticking with us this far anyway. Um, we'll talk so, to you next week. Yeah. Oh, what's the, uh, what's the thing? What's the closing statement? Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> don't forget to suck it. <laughs> don't forget to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.